Lecture Notes, Introduction to Philosophy. The assigned textbook reading for this week is Chapter 1 in the Vaughan Living Philosophy Textbook. Take a second and reflect on the ideas, questions, or topics that you associate with philosophy. What comes to mind? Maybe you associate philosophy with big questions that have no answers. Maybe you associate philosophy with genius people who ask big questions that most people don't worry about. Maybe you tend to get philosophy and psychology confused. Maybe you think philosophy is just about asking why all the time. One unique and sometimes frustrating feature of philosophy is that it's one of a few academic disciplines in which we spend a lot of time arguing about what philosophy even is. So believe it or not, professional philosophers don't agree about the boundaries of philosophy. Still, we can make some broad generalizations about what philosophy is. Keep reading, listening, to get a sense for the points of agreement. In the most literal sense, philosophy is the pursuit of wisdom. It is based on the Greek words phila sophia, literally love of wisdom. The academic discipline of philosophy is as rigorous a discipline as law, biotechnology, or mechanical engineering. American philosophers hold academic conferences, belong to professional associations such as the APA, and compete with one another to publish in the most highly regarded peer-reviewed publications, e.g. the publishing houses of Harvard, Yale, Oxford, Cambridge, etc. Professional philosophers attend nationally televised debates, are studied by filmmakers and authors, are quoted by presidents and prime ministers, and help shape political policies all over the world. The field of philosophy can be carved up into various subfields. We'll discuss some of those subfields below, but one basic way to carve up philosophy is to focus directly on philosophical questions and answering them, or to look at philosophy historically by considering what questions and answers philosophers in the history of philosophy have posed and given. In this class, we'll be doing the latter, looking at some of the questions posed by Western philosophers, as well as their efforts at answering those questions. Now, given both the finite amount of time we have together, as well as the fact that this is a beginner course that assumes no previous knowledge of philosophy, there's a lot that we won't be able to cover. This class is not going to be an exhaustive summary of the history of Western philosophy. Furthermore, we won't have time to touch at all on the wide-ranging and vibrant non-Western philosophical traditions. I like to think of this class as a sort of highlights reel. Or, when I was in high school, my family visited Denali National Park in Alaska. Denali is a huge park, and on our first day in the park, we took advantage of a park bus ride that takes you through the entire park, allowing you to get a sense of the park as a whole. This class is sort of like a bus ride through Denali. Sadly, we don't have much time to get off the bus and go for a long walk and really truly experience our surroundings, but we'll get a glimpse of lots of different things as we speed by. Still, even though we'll be studying the history of philosophy in this class, it's not really a history class. I won't make you memorize dates or facts about historical events. Rather, like all philosophy classes, the engine driving this class will be the philosophical questions themselves. Some of the questions we'll consider, some very briefly, some more in depth, in this course are 1. What makes for a good argument? 2. What does it mean to be wise? 3. What can we know and what is knowledge anyway? 4. Does knowledge mostly come from the mind or mostly from experience of the world? Five, what does it mean for something to be true?
Six. How does what we desire shape who we are? Seven. Is there a human nature? Or is our nature up to us? Eight. What is this thing called the self? Nine. Should we have rules that have no exceptions? 10. What is a good human life? 11. Is it okay to do something bad if it brings about a good outcome? 12. What does it mean to live authentically? 13. What is the best way to run a society? 14. Where do rights come from? 15. What obligations do we have to one another? 16. Can we prove that God exists? 17. Is religious faith rational? 18. How should we live in response to suffering and evil? The questions on the list above belong to a number of different philosophical subfields. There's no hard and fast rule about how many sub-disciplines there are in philosophy, but I tend to think in terms of the big three. Metaphysics, epistemology, and ethics. Metaphysics is the fundamental study of what ultimately makes up reality, unlike physics, which is the study of physical reality. Examples of metaphysical questions are questions like, am I a mind or a body or both? Is the world purely material or physical or not? What is time like? What is the nature of God? And is there free will? We will be doing a little metaphysics in this class, but mostly we'll be focusing on epistemology and ethics. Epistemology is the study of what knowledge is, its function, and its limits. Episteme is the Greek word for knowledge. We'll spend a lot of time discussing how much we can know and where knowledge comes from in this class. Ethics is probably a philosophical subfield with which you're already a little familiar. On the list above, there are lots of ethical questions. I would say 6, 7, 9, 10, 11, 12, 15, and maybe 18 were all ethical questions. We'll also be doing some political philosophy and philosophy of religion in this class. This is where it gets hard to divvy up the philosophical subfields. Political philosophy could be reasonably considered part of ethics, or you might argue, it, argue that it's separate. For our purposes, it doesn't really matter whether it's part of ethics or separate, but we will be looking at some questions in political philosophy, for instance, 13 and 14. Philosophy of religion is also tricky. Some questions in the philosophy of religion have to do with metaphysics, like questions about the nature of God or the soul. A lot of other questions in the philosophy of religion have to do with epistemology, for instance, questions 16 and 17. In this class, most of the philosophy of religion we'll do will fall under the heading of religious epistemology, i.e. questions about the rationality of faith and whether we give good arguments for the existence of God. Another important subfield we'll study in this class is logic. Logic is the study of the rules of reasoning, what makes for a good argument and common errors that we make in reasoning. Each module for this class contains a short logic lesson that you'll study alongside the lessons on historical philosophy. Up until now, we've been talking about the kind of questions philosophers ask. However, philosophy is not just defined by a list of questions. Philosophy is also defined by how we try to answer those questions. For instance, metaphysics, the study of the nature of ultimate reality, sounds a bit like science. Scientists study the nature of physical reality. Epistemology, the study of knowledge, might sound a bit like psychology. 
some psychologists study how humans came to form their beliefs and the way that humans reason. Finally, ethics might sound like sociology or anthropology. These fields study how different cultures behave and what they regard as right and wrong. So what's the difference between philosophy and all of these scientific fields? Philosophy is not an empirical discipline. Answers to philosophical questions cannot be found by studying or observing the external world and collecting physical or scientific evidence. Rather, philosophy is abstract, foundational, and rational. Take, for instance, questions about free will. Neuroscience and psychology can tell us how humans act and what the brain looks like when humans are deliberating and deciding and acting. But free will isn't a physical thing. It's not like neuroscience can find free will on a brain scan and prove that, aha, we do indeed have free will. So too with ethics and epistemology. Scientific disciplines can tell us how people do in fact behave and act, but they can't tell us if the way they're behaving is right or wrong. Scientific disciplines can tell us how people do in fact reason and believe, but they can't tell us if their beliefs rise to the level of knowledge or what the nature of knowledge and truth are.